Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back. You're listening to DIY Money. DIY Money. We got a great listener question today, so I'm going to just forego all the nonsense, all the sponsorship commercials that you usually hear on all the other podcasts. It's about time. Because we don't have any podcast sponsors. Not yet. But when we do, you better believe we're going to hit you with about 20 minutes of sponsorship ads. No, I'm just kidding. All right. The listener question today. Hit us. Hi, my name is Steve. I'm 38. And my wife is 37. Our household gross income is 160 to 170000 I make about eighty, and she makes around ninety. We currently have about three hundred thousand in four hundred one k's and Roth IRAs. We are in the process of getting disability insurance, and currently have a term eighty life insurance that we started eight years ago. My question is: Should we convert a term eighty whole to a whole life insurance, and when, or do we change this to just a twenty-year term policy? I have a bonus question. How do I break up with my advisor or agent? Boom. I want to, here's what I want to start with. I want to start with the last question first. He said, how do you break up with your advisor or your, your agent? Those are two separate things a lot of times. Okay. But sometimes combined. Yeah. I'm going to just answer the question instead of going around about why. I'm going to assume he has a good reason. I'm going to assume, look, he's doing it himself. He has a good reason, et cetera. So I'm not going to Or he just go, wants to break up. Yeah. Or he just wants to break up. So we're not going to go down the path of... Why? Getting all the explanation. Don't do it. Yada, yada. This is a profession. All right. This is, we get this in our firm all the time. Somebody who's been with an advisor for 10 years, 15 years, five years, two years, agent, advisor, makes a difference. Someone who's helping them with their money. And they come in and they're like, you know, they're curious that something is, you know, needs to be changed, et cetera. And, And then ultimately it's like, well, you know, how do I, they ask the question, how do I... How do I tell them? How do I, you know, change, you know, et cetera. It's very simple. If you are dealing with a professional in this discipline or any discipline regarding money, insurance, finance, et cetera, here's the deal. They know that it is a business relationship. And if they don't, they just haven't been in the business long enough, which means over time, they are going to lose clients. We are fortunate. It's rare that it happens with us, but it does happen. Most of the time, it's because look, someone passes away. Uh, they are using, you know, a different family advisor. They, it's been with, you know, that that's perfectly fine. In certain instances, it's because we're too conservative. We've had that over the years as well. And quite honestly, if somebody's going to leave because we're too conservative, I'm fine with that. But however it may be, sometimes people just it's not a right fit, and I'm okay. It's not a big deal. If it's weird for anybody, it might be weird for them. It's not weird for me at all. In fact, if I bump into them, you know, how are you? I genuinely wish them the best because it's not, it's a business. It's a simple business. You don't leave the restaurant that you're at and go think to yourself, oh my goodness, you know, what should, should we not go? Should we go back? Should we not go back? Should we call that man? You know, no, now I realize you don't have the personal connection with the GM or the server or the busboy that you do with your agent or uh, advisor, but it's real simple. You call them up or you shoot them an email. It makes no difference to me. And you simply say, 
you know, it's been great. We're choosing to go a different direction. We wish you the best. Have a nice day. It's very, very simple. And and if they, let's say in instances, they pick up the phone, they call, oh, you know, we hate to see you go, you know, and they try to, you know, anybody worth their salt is going to say, hey, is there anything I can do to make, to, to change this? No, you know, it just, we, we just have to change a different path, a different direction. No problem. Uh, it's as simple as that. You rip the Band-Aid off. There is a great scene in Moneyball where Brad Pitt is describing to uh, Jonah Hill how to send down a player and Jonah Hill, they did role-playing. And Jonah Hill's, you know, says, tell me. Brad Pitt says, tell me. You know, how would you do it? Is it, well, you know, s- sit down. We need to have a chat. You know, and then Brad Pitt immediately says, you're, you're letting me go. Well, you know, yeah, it's just not a right fit. Well, I just bought a house. Uh, you know, my kids are in school. Blah, blah, blah. And Jonah's like, I can't do this. I, I cannot do this. This is not, as stupid. I wouldn't be doing it anyways. They're professional ball players. Just be straight with them. No fluff, just facts. Pete, I gotta let you go. Jack's office will handle the details. That's it. Boom. Done. Simple. It's how it should be, and it's how it should be done. Here's the deal: if you are emotional about this, odds are you're going to be emotional about your money, and you don't want to be. You want to be unemotional to make the best decisions possible. Now, let's get back to the insurance questions that he had. What are your thoughts? But to build on that, if he is talking about an insurance agent rather than an advisor who has an ongoing managing relationship, an insurance agent, because it wasn't clear which one he was talking about in that scenario, an agent has sold you a product, you're under no ongoing kind of obligation with that agent. You can move to a different product anywhere, anytime. There's not really any firing or separating or anything in that nature. We actually did that recently with our life insurance. We found a better deal somewhere else. We emailed the agent. We said, hey, we found a better deal. We need to close this policy here. He said, anything I can do? I said, unless you can match the price, which they can't because they're kind of under obligation of whatever their company's offering. He said, nope, can't. I said, okay, well, we're going to save X amount per month. So, My guess, and I'm just surmising, mm-hmm. is this this is a quote-unquote financial advisor slash insurance agent. I bet you it's all one and the same. Could be. Because we see this all the time right? And a financial mm-hmm. advisor who's basically selling insurance products. So then it gets sticky. It gets sticky it's products and service, but rip the bandaid off and move on. Now let's get back to your original question. Uh, term 80 insurance. For those of you who don't know, that's basically a, uh, a term policy that goes until you are 80 years of age, which means uh, that's a very, very long time, depending on when you buy it. And ultimately, if it's going to cover you it to that age, it's going to be much more expensive than a shorter term policy. So statistically, that's seven years short of a whole life policy. There you go. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I have strong opinions. Go ahead. Uh, so going out to 80 on life insurance is tough because you're now going sort of vastly beyond uh, probably what you foresaw in a financial plan. It sounds like you guys are good savers. You've actually socked uh, a good amount for your age away in retirement accounts, so you're being prudent. I would imagine then by the time that you hit retirement at 60 or 65 or whenever you choose to retire, you're going to have enough assets to be able to pass on a good chunk to your heirs or to uh, basically self-insure the other person uh, if something happens to one of you. So I would say between your retirement age and 80, I don't know 
again, you got to run your financial plan and see kind of where you're projected to be there. Make sure that you're going to have assets in retirement. See what that all looks like. Uh, find somebody who will do basically just a financial plan for you. No products or anything like that, if you can. Uh, but I don't think you you probably, it doesn't sound like from that bit of information, doesn't sound like you're going to need that life insurance uh, at that point. Uh, we can't say definitively, but it doesn't sound like it. So I think what you need to look at is life insurance that's just going to cover your need for the time period that you need. Again, you're going to have to run a financial plan, figure out what you need to pay off debts, to take care of the other spouse, to make sure uh, kids go to college or whatever it is. But you can dial into that number and that time period. Uh, as an example, uh, our family ran the number. We found out the amount of life insurance uh, that my wife needed uh, on me as the sole earner in the family currently. If something were to happen to me right now, uh, for a her to be billion able to, dollars. It was around a billion. <laughs> minus a dollar or two. 100 billion dollars. <laughs> That's why she's looking at me. One billion <laughs> Laser eyes when I walk in and I, oh, you came I, back. I had to bring some levity there. You are just cruising. You are totally serious. I needed to break uh, yeah. the, the, I was I was getting stressed here listening to you. It's, All less, right. it's less than a billion. Go ahead. Anyways, keep going. I, it was good. It was good. Anyhow, but we ran that number. We figured out what was it she needed and what's the time period for us that worked out for uh, the next 20 years until about the time that I'm 55. Kids are then out of the house. She can go back to work for a little bit if she needs to. We'll have retirement accounts built up that she can live off of at that point. So for us, it was a 20-year term. Uh, and it was the yeah, and we found the amount that we needed via uh, prudent financial planning. And we went and shopped around, found the best rate on that, and did that. So I think that's, your, uh, that's what you should do. For one, get a financial plan in place. Figure out what the actual dollar amount of insurance that you need is because you don't want to pay for dramatically more than you need. It's not an investment. It's an insurance. Okay, uh, you're spot on. I'm just going to build on it. <clears throat> My opinion, I'm not an insurance agent. Now, 20 years ago when I started in the business as an advisor uh, at a brokerage firm, that's what you did. You got your insurance license, you sold insurance, you did all the rest of that. Among others, uh, among other licensures that I gave up, that is one of the ones I gave up. Why? I did not, it was good money too. Was, uh, I gave it up because I did not want to have that conflict. That was before it was in vogue. It was in vogue. It's in vogue now to just be a fiduciary, a fee-only advisor. But 20 years ago, it was not. Uh, I made that tough decision. I gave it up. I did not want to have a conflict. I knew there was a conflict of interest there. I didn't want it. So I do have some knowledge of this area. However, and I also am a, uh, have a family. I have a wife and three small children. In my opinion, insurance is never, ever an investment. Ever. And it's real simple. The, the the common thought is with whole life, you buy term and you're investing a, a little bit more and you're able to pull it tax-free over time as loans, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I challenge and encourage anyone to quote the two, quote a whole life policy, and then quote term, and then take, and oh, by the way, it's a commodity, so go out and shop it meaning, you know, go online and find that term policy quote, find those, et cetera, and then take the difference of the term policy and the whole life policy and calculate out at an 8% rate of return, why 8% historical average S&P 500, uh, put it in S&P 500, 8%, and invest it and calculate it out what it would be at, you know, 80 years old, et cetera, or even life expectancy, okay? Now, somebody says, yeah, but you can't get that money out tax-free. Well, here's some personal experience. 
tapping an insurance policy to use the money is a nightmare. Now, somebody said, somebody, well, no, it's you just don't do Look, I've done it, and it's frustrating, and it's cumbersome, and ultimately becomes something that somebody just says, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to use the money, uh, or I'm going to just take it out, let it lapse, whatever the case is. It, it is not as easy as people make it sound uh, when you're getting it. Now, that being said, insurance, in my opinion, is for, uh, since it's not an investment, what's it for? Well, number one, it's to pay off debt. So right there, you didn't mention in your, you know, you told us what you make, 160000 between the two of you. You told us you got 300000 in 401k and Roth IRA. That's great. You did not, and you're getting disability insurance, also great. You did not mention how much debt you have. Maybe you have none. Maybe you have the mortgage. Maybe whatever the case is. Add up that debt. That's the minimum amount you and or your wife needs. I'll tell you right now. You, uh, well, it seems like your wife, let's see, your wife made 90, you made 80. So about, about equal. Um, and so in this particular case, you might say, well, we would definitely each need an amount if we were, you know, to, to get one of us passed to get the house, et cetera. Daniel's instance, he may look at it black and white and say, look, I'm the sole earner. This is all I need. But if his wife passed, I'll tell you right now, he would not, he would probably take a year off. He would not want to work. So, which means if he had a mortgage, which he doesn't right now, but if I was the advisor, I'd say, okay, at minimum, get a couple hundred thousand dollars on your wife so that if she passes, you can at least pay off the house. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. Now that's first add up all your debt. In my opinion, that's at minimum what you and your wife need each to cover that. Now figure out how long that is. Are you still 20 years to your mortgage, 15 years to your mortgage? So that's your time period on that first amount. Now these aren't different policies. This can be one policy and these can change over time and get more or less. Number two, kids. Okay. Kids amount. Now, if you passed and your kids are pre 18 in the United States of America, you're going to get a social security check for them. All right. Whoever the surviving spouse is, is going to get some social security amount. That's great. Helps you till they're 18. How about college? Okay. hundred thousand at minimum you want to set aside, or maybe to set them up, you know, buy a house, whatever the case is. So boom, add a hundred thousand right there. So let's say you got $300,000 in total debt and a hundred thousand dollars for the kids. Boom. 400,000. Kids are three and five, respectively, okay? Maybe you don't have kids. doesn't matter. 20 years. So now you're at a 20-year term policy for 400000 Here's the area that I like to add in personally, and I advise other, is the grief amount. You're going to be a train wreck, all right? If one of you loses a spouse, you're going to be a train wreck. Simple as that. You're going to need time off. You might even have to change jobs. You, you're going to have to, I'll tell you right now, if something happened to my wife, oh my goodness, it would be horrible. Thankfully, I have a Daniel. Daniel would run the firm. We wouldn't miss a beat. But I would be checked out, all right? I would be off. And then I have three kids. Yes, family would, would help out, but I would need to hire somebody. I would hire somebody immediately, take care of the house, make sure the kids are fed, because I'd be a train wreck. I'd just tell you, all right? So I needed to build in about another $100,000 for that gap of 12 to 18 months to, to kind of go through this grieving process. So right there, $300,000 in debt, $100,000 per kid. Let's say you got two. All right, so let's add $200,000, $500,000. I know I said four hundred before. Let's say five hundred, dollars And another hundred dollars for grief is $600,000. But you got some assets. So maybe you back off one hundred and you say $500,000 for 20 years. That's how I, similar to what Daniel figured out, that's how I figure out how much insurance to have. And it's for those three things. Now, I get people all the time, and they're like, oh, my term's about to run out. You know, should we renew it? 
Well, guess what? They don't have any debt. The kids are gone. So I look at them and I go, why do you, why do you want insurance? Why do you need it? You don't need insurance. Insurance is not an investment. You do not need insurance now. And they go, really? And nobody told them that. Why? Because everybody's trying to sell them something. Debt, kids, grief. That's how you figure out how much you need and what you need and the longevity of it. Great question. Derek will send you the uh, e-certificate. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a good uh, DIY money. Remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a long time. We'll see you next time. My mama told me you better shop Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.